thanks for joining us on this PCC Extra for May 8th, 2019. This is Gerald Glassford coming back right at you here along with my good friend. He is the myth, the man, the legend from Humanica Media. It is my good friend, Josh Peterson. Appreciate you hanging out with me on a beautiful Wednesday morning, my friend. Of course, man. Yeah, you you threw me off right there by mixing the order of things. I'm I know. no longer grounded in reality here. I'm just uh, waiting for, for the next panic attack to happen. Uh-oh, uh-oh, watch out, watch out. Well, I wanted to cover a couple things, plus also as well, I want to go ahead and touch on some things that happened last week as well. But the first thing that we want to go ahead and talk about that probably we wouldn't be able to get to on our Friday show because we got some great guests coming up there that are taking the bulk up of our our awesome show coming up on Friday. So we wanted to talk real quick about Spider-Man Far From Home. The latest trailer came out, my friend. What are your thoughts? The spoiler ban has been lifted, especially with everything that went on with Avengers Endgame. There's a lot of depression with Spider-Man because of what happened. He lost his, his beloved Iron Man. And you also see the rise of Mysterio, his excuses, why is he there? Something with a deal with, I guess, new multiverse that's being planned. Either this is all a fake and Mysterio's added again with some lies like his, his comic book counterpart, or this could be something that opens up a Pandora's box into an entirely different universe, especially when it comes to all the different things going on with Sony and their Spider-Verse and all their great plans. So what is it, my friend? you think it's a lie or do you think it's something that could actually be existing within the realm of the new possible Spider-Man multiverse? I, I don't know. It's interesting to me because I can't tell if they're, if, if they do the multiverse, that would mean that they would have to follow along the, the secret war storyline, right? Where they have all these different or battle universe, all these different uh, versions of these characters battling against each other. And would the would the multiverse be tied to the the stones, right? How what's her name was talking to to the Hulk about Tilda Swinton's character talking to the Hulk about how when you do something you create these other timelines. The going ancient through. one. The ancient one, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 very interesting. You know, maybe that's going to be what ties them into the Disney Plus thing. But if you think about it, though, this is where Warner Brothers gets convoluted, right? Where the DC universe gets convoluted because according to them their movies and their shows exist together but they're it's in a multiverse right so they're all inhabit their own different universes but they're still tied together through the multiverse thing and that's not it's it's a little confusing but it also feels like a cop-out like you think marvel's getting to the point where they would like to tell standalone stories instead of have everything connected and you think that's maybe why they threw that out there or it could be like you said like mysterio doesn't want he's he's playing a trick right but it, it's also weird to me that they would have him get that involved with peter parker's life before having him turn into a bad guy so i'm really not sure where do you stand on this i'm not sure if i'm digging it either which way my friend i mean if if mysterio stays a friend then he's not really true to his character and if he is lying and if he is playing a trick then it leads up to, like I said, just opening up this entire multiverse type concept, which I'm not exactly entirely cool with. And the reason why is if for the general audience that's out there and even for hardcore fans like us or fans you know, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if it becomes a little bit hard to follow now, 
just imagine when it, you're adding a multiverse and the different layers and the complexities that come with it. Just think how hard it will be to follow then because you're talking about a lot of different things you have to go ahead and set up, a lot of different things you have to go ahead and implement in order to go ahead and stay anywhere near some type of cohesiveness. So I don't know, man. It, it just this t alternate timelines and all the stuff that they go ahead and set up in Avengers Endgame, it now lends itself to a lot of different things that can happen, but it also sets itself up for a lot of different things that could get people confused and could turn a lot of people off as well. Well, I, I like the the idea if they if they followed this route instead of having a multiverse, like maybe there was something. You know how did you ever watch Smallville? Only a little bit. Okay, so in Smallville, the whole like first three or four seasons revolves around how the, uh, you know, the, the kryptonite, the pieces of the the planet, radiated planet fell, right? And it gave all these people powers and Clark's going around finding them. Some are good, some are bad. But I wouldn't mind that concept so much. Like maybe when the Infinity Gauntlet went off, like it, it tore holes in the, in, in the fabric of time and all of a sudden these people all had, you know, powers that they didn't have before so they're learning to deal with this stuff like that would be that would be easier for for me to follow but i don't like the idea of having multiple universes going against each other because that's the issue with you know with marvel comics no pun intended that it's there there's so many worlds going against each other right we had the battle planets we had the ultimate universe we had the the what, what's the, the the mainline universe we have the one that takes place in the in the 60s like there's just there's so many things happening and it's hard to follow so if marvel is trying to keep audiences going to these movies year after year event after event then creating another world is probably not in their best interest because people if you know it's it's that that acronym that they taught me in film school like it's kiss right keep it simple stupid and if they did that, they would be breaking that rule. And I would be curious to see how audiences reacted to it. Now, that almost takes away from the entire question that you and I should be asking is, did you enjoy the trailer? And does it make you want to see the movie? I'm going to tell you first that I still think I, I'm not as excited for it as I was Spider-Man Homecoming. But it's still good enough to me to say, you know what? I'm interested in going and seeing it. I obviously have to see it because of how it ties into Avengers Endgame. And plus, Nick Fury, Maria Hill, familiar faces that are going to be a part of it. Happy Hogan seems like he's going to have a lot of fun being a good part of it because he wasn't very much a part of Avengers Endgame, even though they, actually the, the posters and some of the lead-in kind of led you, led you to think that he might be a little bit stronger part of Avengers Endgame. But yeah, it's, it's for me, it's just kind of, Eh, okay, I'll see it, but I'm not sure you're going to get the type of uh, success ratio that you once had when, uh, you know, all the good vibes and all the good happenings were created with Spider-Man Homecoming came out because there was a lot of goodwill and a lot of great interest in this reimagining of a new Spider-Man that came out at that point in time. Well, exactly. That's it. That's what it had on its side was the fact that it was a reimagining. Everyone's like... Is he going to be better than Andrew Garfield? Is he going to be better than Tobey Maguire? Where is he going to pick up? How is this going to... Are they going to do another origin story? Are they going to completely pass over that? Because we've seen that enough times. If there was enough hype behind him to kind of carry him on to success. Whereas, you know, and then we kind of got to know him more over the course of, what, four movies? Yeah. 
So, and Far From Home, it, it looks interesting. They, they, Marvel's, they did a clever job of marketing it by saying, this is the end of the Infinity Gauntlet saga is, is officially happens with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. And just the, the fact that we all, and, and all the, the rumors popping up on the internet too, saying that like all of Peter's friends and stuff moved on or the, clearly the people in the trailer didn't, or they got snapped. So they're all still in high school, but it's just going to be interesting to see where they pick up the pieces of, of life after that and how Happy's handling life without Tony Stark and which is where, where everybody's at at this moment in time. And I'm, I'm more like, I spent a lot of time Googling yesterday, is Mysterio going to be a bad guy in this? Because I kind of like the idea of him being a good guy and then eventually going mad, maybe not in this film, but another one. I just like to, to see Peter, I feel like, I don't know, Peter almost needs a mentor. And maybe that's where Samuel Jackson comes in, because that's where the, uh, like in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, where Spider-Man really just makes a mess of everything. So first he has Tony Stark teach him how to be a superhero. Uh, because Nick Fury came in and said, we can't have you just running around, you know, breaking everything. I, I Like I said, I like the fact that Nick Fury is involved. Obviously, he didn't get much to do in Avengers Endgame as well. So it's interesting how these characters like Happy Hogan, Maria Hill, Nick Fury now get a little bit more love in this version that's something of a... A smaller scale compared to what we've seen in Avengers Endgame. And yes, it is interesting to see what will happen because this will officially be the end of the Infinity Gauntlet saga or the Infinity Saga as they call it from the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. And it will you know, be something that, okay, even though a lot of people feel that Avengers Endgame is the Endgame, that this will actually put the final, final touch onto it as far as its entire by then 23 movie saga when it comes to the infinity saga for the marvel cinematic universe so that's something we'll have to be uh, very interested in keeping track on i personally want to see mysterio be that type of mentor that would be awesome and you know what actually you always harken back to the sam raimi films and the best part about the sam raimi films to me was the relationship between spider-man and Doc Ock, and that mentorship that was there before he went mad. So that could be something that, if it's uh, done in a similar fashion, if there's a parallel between those two, then yes, it, something really could be done that's very well, very cohesive, and very easy to follow, and just very interesting as well. And Dr. Connors, an amazing Spider-Man. I know that's something that you very appreciate as well, but I, I do like the Doc Ock as far as that relationship that was there. And I think that's what makes that movie so special is the relationship that those two had in that movie as far as... Was that Spider-Man 2? Doc Ock was Spider-Man 2. Dr. Connors was Amazing Spider-Man 1. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. I mean, as far as especially Spider-Man 2. I mean, you always talk about Spider-Man 2 being your favorite. And it, a lot of people consider it one of the best comic book movies that's out there. And I think part of it is because the relationship that Doc Ock had with Spider-Man in that film. And hopefully we'll see Mysterio transcend similar to that. And yes, it will probably lead to Mysterio being a bad guy at some point in time. But let's hope it materializes over the course of a period of, of a little while. But then again, we just saw that with Michael Keaton's Vulture and him taking place a little bit where there's some affection even though there's this love-hate relationship 
going on between Spider-Man and the Vultures. Uh, it looks like they're going to be doing something maybe a little bit different when it comes to Mysterio and and going back to his comic book roots and and just tricking Nick Fury, tricking Maria Hill and Shield, and tricking Peter Parker, Spider-Man at some point in time down the road. Maybe it's within the same film, or maybe it's in another movie coming up. So we'll have to wait and see. Or will it lead into a bigger Sinister Six? Because yeah. they've they've obviously alluded to that as well. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really cool. But you know, at the same time, not at the same time. But like, think about this: like Jake Gyllenhaal, how many? What kind of contract would he sign? Do you think he'd sign on for more than one movie? And also, which I I hope that he would, because he looks really cool in the role of Mysterio. But if they spend more than half the movie making Peter and Mysterio like buddies, is there going to be enough time to really develop that that downfall and descent into madness without losing big chunks of time in the film and still making it feel very impactful? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, like I said, it is coming just around the bend here in July. Cannot wait to see it. It is Spider-Man Far From Home. Whether or not it clicks on all cylinders like did previously as Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm not sure it's going to. If there is a multiverse layer that's added or even approached by Marvel, that sets up for future movies in the, that possibly could either help and enhance the Marvel Cinematic Universe or it could make it a whole lot more convoluted, which will which will drive away a, you know, a, a small or even a larger portion of the audience that follows it. Yeah, if, because if it comes to confusing, you know what? Then we have the DC Universe right there for you. What are your thoughts out there on Spider-Man Far From Home? Did you like the trailer that's filled with spoilers out there that just came out this week? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, before we head on out, I want to cover... <laughs> couple of issues and that includes the legend of zelda one of our associates that helps us out with our facebook pages on game source and pop culture cosmos and i don't know it was accident he he just i guess he just didn't check the date but i don't even know how he brought that up in the first place maybe he was uh, you know searching for it or whatnot but he happened to appear on a 2015 story didn't see the date for the Legend of Zelda Netflix series and shared that as a current story. And my goodness, did it get everybody's dander up. Everybody was excited. Everybody was wanting to go ahead and, and actually look into it. Everybody was hoping for it. Then all of a sudden realized, you know what? It was from a story from 2015 and that never materialized. Yes, it, during 2018, there were rumors that they were going to go ahead and, and start negotiations with the showrunner from Castlevania, but eventually that turned out to be a Devil May Cry series instead, which we reported on at the time. So nothing ever materialized. But when you look at the comments from 2018, when that happened, there were so many people much more interested in a Legend of Zelda series. I got to ask you, my friend, it's got to be approached at some point in time by Nintendo and I know they're a little bit gun-shy after what happened with Super Mario Brothers in the 90s because it's universally considered one of the worst movies of that decade. But at some point in time, if it's done right, a series like what Showtime's doing now with Halo, they've got to approach it, you know, a Netflix, a Hulu, or some platform where they can develop it over the course of time. 
I think it's something that they really should look into because there is a lot of interest in it as what was evidenced by the accidental story, which again, we apologize for even publishing in the first place, but you know, it's brought this desire for the legend of Zelda series out once again. Cause if you read the article, it says it's going to be a family friendly version of Zelda. And it, it's weird that people would even think to consider that Adi Shanker and family friendly could be used in the same sentence. Cause if you watch Castlevania, it's anything but family friendly. Like it's, it's, full of gore and nudity and stuff like that. I mean, it's still cool, but it's just, it's not, I don't see him being tame enough to make something like that. And as for the series itself, I would love to see a series, but I would love to see it in the same vein as like a Lord of the Rings or Chronicles of Narnia. Like it can't exist and be a kid's show because that's not, you know, Zelda is full of action and adventure, but it can't be a kid's show. Like it just, it, it shouldn't be a kid's show because that is not, it's just especially since you know a lot of kids don't get into zelda now until they're they're eight or nine right and at that point we don't they're not interested in kids shows so it should be something that that crosses generations right makes it so kids and adults want to watch it i just don't think making it a kids show would be a great idea i agree with you it should be something that is kind of epic in scale like you said, in the realm of the Lord of the Rings or even what's coming up that we're going to see from The Witcher, although that probably will be a little bit more hardcore. That'll be a little bit more, like you said, violent than what probably Nintendo would be going for. Something a little bit more larger scale and a little bit more commercial, I think, is what Nintendo would be asking for. But I do not think it should be a film as a major motion picture. I do see it better... Uh, I, I do see it more adaptable as a series over maybe what a six, eight, ten episode arc. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what, because each of the the Zelda games takes place on a different timeline. So I guess it, it just depend on what timeline they want to adapt, what world they want to go with, what story they want to go with. Because there's 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 a lot of of meat to those stories, and if they they could probably go a good twelve episodes if they wanted to. And again, we apologize for even putting it out there in the first place. It was our error. Like I said, the, the individual that posted it didn't actually check the date and, and check the validity on it, which it goes against what we try to do here at Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Unfortunately, like, like we said, it, it was something that was put out there by mistake. And, you know, in the thousands and thousands and thousands of stuff we post out there, it has happened a couple of times before. That's why we don't do any more gifts or any any more jpegs or any more that type of deal because that's just been just anything type of political that they accidentally put on there those have been issues that have given me a headache before as far as people putting out there that i've had to let people go for so you know what it, we apologize again for putting it out there but it has created a whole lot of conversation in and of itself there's a need for it it's been our highest trafficked item that we've actually posted, whether it's excellent or not, what, what have you. It's been our highest traffic item that we have posted this week by far on both the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source pages. So even though we apologize for putting it out there, putting it out there actually has created a conversation large enough that we needed to talk about it right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. What are your thoughts out there on hopefully someday having a legend of zelda series come to a format like hulu or netflix or even disney plus that type of deal 
or would you like to see it on a larger scale such as a major motion picture coming to maybe thousands and thousands of movie screens at some point in time down the road share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com all right, my friend, before we head on out, we got to pay our respects to Peter Mayhew. He unfortunately passed away, I believe, at the age of 74 last week. He is obviously most famous as playing the role of Chewbacca for many, many iterations of the Star Wars franchise, the Star Wars phenomenon. He was so much a part of it in the beginning, and unfortunately, he has, you know, he, his untimely passing has created a great sadness in the force that's out there among Star Wars fans. Your thoughts on Peter Mayhew's contributions to Star Wars before we head on out? Uh, okay, so I I don't I didn't really know much about the man because you know Star Wars was just something I watched as a kid. I never really dove into the actors too much, but you know seeing seeing the reaction people have to him because um, was it Roger Moore died too on the same day? Was that a thing or was that he passed away in 2017? Oh, that's right. That's right these people man they just it's all about that clickbait it is and it, it, you know what we're guilty of it in an accidental way as well with the legend zelda thing so what can i what can i say but because once it, if so, if he were to pass away it would be similar to what you saw with peter mayhew where cnn hollywood reporter variety all the major outlets would report Roger Moore's passing in similar to the way that they reported Peter Mayhew's passing. So right. I'm going to probably say no. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. But yeah, just seeing like the, the reaction of the fans, like he was a man in a mask the entire movie. He had a costume on and uh, he still was able to, to touch people's hearts the way that he did. Even like you look, he looked like he, I mean, he, must have been a very solid dude too because like you look at some of the behind the scenes photos of him with harrison ford and mark hamill and carrie fisher yeah you just you like you see some of those photos like they spend a good chunk of of time together and it just it looks like he he was a, a fun guy to hang out with it's just it's it, it's cool to know that somebody whose face was not on screen meant so many things to so many people peter mayhew unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 74 that is legitimate that is from uh, been reported by you know dozens and dozens of major outlets out, out there and i i know the star wars fanship out there that is just feeling it right now for him and i know our friends at uh, at a galaxy far far away and jay bartlett he hosted a special tribute show so you want to check out that on the nerdy northerners twitch channel that appreciates everything that, that Peter Mayhew contributed to the Star Wars universe and he is a big part of that and definitely should be remembered quite fondly for quite some time when it comes to his contributions as Chewbacca through all the great periods of time in the Star Wars universe. All right my friend just wanted to go ahead and give people an update on our thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home the Legend of Zelda type of scenario that we went through this week and also remembering Chewbacca, a.k.a. Peter Mayhew. Any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? Because we've got a great show coming up on this Friday. Um, No, I just finished uh, the Fate of Atlantis DLC last night. So we can talk about that further down the line. But it, it was a pretty solid uh, piece of piece of gameplay. Like, it, There's a lot to explore. So if you're an Assassin's Creed fan, I definitely recommend checking it out a lot of very stressful decisions too so if you were not a fan of the other night's game of thrones episode 
then maybe you might want to uh, get in the back seat on this one. That's so funny. Piece of piece of piece. I thought you should say piece of garbage, but anyways, <laughs> it's <laughs> you, you were setting it up to be like that. So I was stuttering. I don't know what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. But yes, uh, there is a lot going on when it comes to Game of Thrones. A beheading, in fact, that has uh, caused quite a stir as the intensity as you ramp up for the Battle of King's Landing is getting near and the end of the episodes that are coming down the line is winding down as far as the season's concerned for Game of Thrones. Josh, I got a thing to ask you on the air, my friend. You want to cover these things live when it comes to the Game of Thrones? I mean, you know, do you want to cover these things same day when you when you see it, man? But so we can go ahead and start getting it out there next Monday, you know, next couple of Mondays because there's only two episodes left. Yeah, I would be down maybe the following day. I just it takes me a while to absorb what I watched when I watched that show, so I need to sleep on it, and then I could probably do something the following day. Man. I don't, I don't. We do our show, and then I don't get to watch it till like eleven o'clock, and then I don't really want. Well, why don't you watch it first, and then we could do our show right after? Yeah, we could do that. Good. <laughs> why don't you sleep on that? Then? Okay, I'll How sleep about on that? that. All right, all right. <laughs> Fair enough, my friend. All right, appreciate you coming on the show with me today to talk some Spider-Man: Far From Home, and a whole lot of other great stuff as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. We'll see you on Friday right here on the PCC Multiverse. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. <laughs>